Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Hi, Bruins fans looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, the time for talk is over. Actually, it's really just beginning. Well, that's pretty much what we do is just talk about football all the time. So actually the talk, the time for talk has just begun. As we are previewing Patriots at Raiders this Sunday at the fancy nightclub that also houses a football field, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada, right on the strip. Home last year of easily one of the most embarrassing plays in franchise history. Could this be the location of doom for both Mac Jones and Bill Belichick? Or will it be a place of great redemption as Bill Belichick and Mac Jones redeem themselves for last December's backwards lateral atrocity and failure or possibly even redeem themselves for the ineptitude and inconsistencies of the 2023 season. For a game between a 2-3 and three team hosting a 1-4 and four squad, dare I say, Mr. Hart, this is a fascinating football affair. And that's where we are right now. Pat's Raiders preview here on the Six Rings and Football Things podcast. Brought to you, of course, as always, by your friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. FanDuel.com slash six rings for a sweet bonus. If you want to jump in tonight, they got a nice little Thursday night promo with the, the Thursday night football. You get a little uh, no sweat bet. You got some same game parlay action. You join later on. You can get $200 in bonus bets with at least a $5 deposit and get and gamble. It's a $10 deposit and a $5 wager. Good stuff. Thank you, FanDuel. And of course, we come to you from WEEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. On this episode of Six Rings, we got our preview and, of course, our bet of the week, thanks to FanDuel. And then Andy had a chance to catch up with old pal Paul Perillo. He, of course, of Patriots.com and the Patriots Unfiltered 
radio program and podcast. Here's someone who really has basically been around long enough to see it all. And even he has never seen anything like this in his time. So it's an excellent podcast. Of course, tomorrow we'll go behind enemy lines with Scott Gulbrinson of Silver and Black Today, our sister Raiders podcast. And he'll tell us what they're saying about the Pats out at Patriots West and how they feel about their team and what Josh, Jacoby, and Jimmy are doing this season. Hart, I uh, I jested on the radio with Rich Keith this week, and I may have made mention to you that maybe this week the Patriots should encourage fans to wear their throwback jerseys, whether they're at the stadium viewing party, at home, bars, fan caves, etc. Maybe light up an unfiltered cigarette, drink beer like PBR from a, a rusty old can, use the, use the restroom only where they have troughs, because we're going full throwback to like the early 70s and the early 80s and even kind of the early 90s when the Patriots stunk. Like that's that's where we are. And this team is now teetering on either just steering into the skid in the suck of that season or turning things around. The motive of the week, obviously the mantra from Belichick at all was starting over. You have your company line has been, how do you start over when nothing is changing on the field whatsoever? Mac Jones is talking about being a better communicator and having an attitude adjustment. Seems like he's losing favor with some of the members of his offense, let alone the defense that's getting tired of carrying this team. Uh, how do you, how is it just as simple as win the game to try to solve all of the ails that are currently plaguing the Patriots? Or do they have to try to do more on Sunday? No, I would try to do less. I would start with don't lose the game. Don't give the other team points. Don't F it up early. Don't dig a hole you can't get out of because that's been the recipe for four losses for the Patriots this season. Before you can win a game in the NFL, you have to not lose it. And they're like, uh, Coach, we're not good at that. So you got anything else in your belt? Because uh, that's a problem for us through a month and a half. Not, like, you can't try to do too much. You're not good enough to do too much. Do less. Do less, Patriots. Do less, Mac Jones. The only person I would say I think needs to do more, in a way, is my guy Billy O'Brien, because he has to find a way to get the offense to do less negative and do more positive and get Mac going a little bit in a non-crazy, simplistic kind of way, a basic bitch kind of way, as they might say. I, I don't know. I felt felt natural. Wow. Like basic, wow. Basic wow. bitch kind of way. Um, just... Keep it simple, stupid. Maybe find a way to get Ramondre going. Find a way to simple throws, get Mac going. I've been saying this all week. Little rollouts where you hit Hunter Henry or Ramondre Stevenson in the flat. Because the reality is they're probably going to be a little undermanned. Well, I don't know if people consider it undermanned if, you know, Juju doesn't play. I think people were lusting for Demario Douglas. He may not uh, play. Douglas won't, probably won't play as well because he's but, been in the protocol all week. Why would you want to rush uh, a rookie receiver, one who is slight of frame and has seemingly been injured or benched in every game thus far this season. I think, I think it's, I feel pretty comfortable saying you won't see pop. You won't see Juju. And I think yesterday, I, I think somebody read me off the injury report. Maybe it was Keith on the radio Wednesday night, literally one third of the team, a third of your team is listed as questionable. Yeah. That's what they do. Cause they're questionable talent, questionable players, questionable organization. Um, Tyquan Thornton was added to the injury report after they initially set it out. They also lead the NFL, the Patriots, in updated injury reports. It's a weird thing they do where they send it out, and then they're like, oh, bite, got to add one more guy or change mm -hmm. one thing. Mm -hmm. Tyquan Thornton, 
So I don't know where the impetus for victory is going to come, but I would say don't be the impetus for the other team's victory because we joked about it last week. This is Spider-Man meme all over again. This is Patriots West. The Every Raiders week. are not good. They're Every not a week good team. They're not good. So let them F it up. Let Jacoby Myers throw it to you, hopefully, or whatever goes on. Let Josh McDaniels try some weird trick play that falls on his face. I don't know. Maybe just let the Raiders lose because they can lose football games. Now, I will say it is similar to last week also that the other team has more talent on paper than you. And Bill mm-hmm. Belichick enumerated that when he went through the Max Crosby's, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs tour. And last week, you allowed the other team with a little more talent to, to whoop you. You helped them, and then they mm-hmm. whooped you. I, I mean, I, I don't know really what to say or think at this point. This is so, even though I lived the, you know, you, you talk about throwback. The real throwback here is the Patriots fans even watch. Forget whether they have their throwbacks on. I had more people this week tell me, yeah, I'm probably not going to go out of my way to be in front of a TV screen watching the Patriots this week. Or, yeah, might just watch Red Zone. Like, I just, that's where we are. It's, we're, it's, you know, we're in Foxborough facepalm territory at this point now. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not going to be blacked out like the old days where you couldn't watch home games. No, just, no just the fans. Just the fans. Not yeah, the, now not it's the black game. hole blackout um, out there. It's just, I, this is, we keep saying like, what do we use? Pivotal game or like must-win Yeah, we win keep pivotal. It's pivotal. Like- yeah. Pivotal was for the Red Sox. Must-win for the Patriots. The Patriots, it sounds like, from what you're hearing from fans and Little League dads and the, the coaches on the South Coast and whatnot, um, and what I hear, you know, most people are still going to try to give it a watch. But if it goes south quickly, you'll have a lot of flipped-off streams, TV sets, et cetera, if they're not already thrown out the window at halftime. And if it dares even come close to finishing like last year's game i don't think another game will ever finish like that that was truly one of those classic sports announcer of all the things i've ever seen this is the thing that i think i've never seen in my life before you're not you're not going to see the way that game ended it was 30 24 final i'm still standing in shock over what i saw but the funny thing was like i was just looking over the box score from that game last december 18th 2022 Ramondre 19 carries 172 yards like i think that was last time he was good i was gonna say that was his last really beast mode uh game because or baby beast mode because the next week against cincinnati he coughs it up on the goal line with a minute left uh thwarting that comeback as well and then he had didn't really have much to offer against the dolphins and then the finale against the buffalo bills and now it's just one mistake after another i'm kind of with you i think the only the the key to this game for them the key to this game, stay within yourself. Let the Raiders make the mistakes in this game because the G in Jimmy G this year has stood for generous. Dude's got seven picks and he's only played four games, not five. Aiden Aiden O'Connell started one game for them, not Brian Hoyer. And uh, O'Connell had one pick in that game, which seems almost unraider like So they have, as a team, they have eight picks on the season. Mac has six. Of course, three of them have resulted in touchdowns. For the other team. So I'm going to ask you this. Here's two fun ones for you. A, does Mac throw another pick six this week? And B, does Jacoby Myers attempt a pass this week? Uh, better chance that Jacoby Myers attempts a pass. Mac will not throw a pick. I think Josh, uh, Josh McDaniels, we know him. He loves trick plays. He did it last week. He feels like he always has a couple in the holster every game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way they're playing, maybe he needs to jump start it at some point. So, yeah, Jacoby Myers and 
I think Josh would love to let Jacoby Myers rub it into the Patriots a little oh. bit, even oh, though Bill claims time. they wanted him and and they, they were close and they didn't want him because if they wanted him, they would have signed him because they gave the same damn money to somebody else and he said but, he wanted to be here. The games themselves are insulting enough, Bill. Can we not hear like this half-ass semi-lies semi or mistruths from the podium? Like it's Lie. I don't need semi or mistruth. It's a lie. You didn't want it. You did not want him. He so was available. He was available. He, he wanted said he to wanted come to back be here and you gave the same money to somebody else. You could have had him, should have had him, would have had him, but you didn't want him. It's okay. I'm not saying you, you, I know you look like you have egg on your face because the guy you wanted instead of him blows and the guy that is him is producing out there. Like mm -hmm. you look bad, but just be honest. Like I, the lot, you're right. Lying and losing sucks. When you lie mm -hmm. and you win, it's okay. When you lie and you, you lose. Yeah. That. Yeah, li Lion and Losing, it sounds like the name of a country album. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lion and Losing, the story of Bill Belichick's 2023 Patriots. Oh, now, don't forget, like, when I say this, you, you're like, oh, Fitz, he's just trying to be funny about the game, you know, like, oh, making predictions that are going to bring more pain to the Patriots nation. Like, Jacoby Myers in 2020 attempted a couple of passes and threw two touchdowns. Yeah. Like, he has almost as many, he had almost as many touchdowns in 2020 on the season as a receiver, as Mac Jones has now as the quarterback, he threw a touchdown to Cam Newton and he threw a gorgeous one against the Ravens to Rex Burkhead as well. I would not be surprised. Terp, remember this. We're about 11, a little bit over 11 minutes in on the pod. I would not be surprised if Jacoby Myers throws a pass and if he tries to throw a pass in the end zone. And if he does, oh God. Oh, I just, the, oh, oh. <laughs> He's going to feed on Sunday, Andy. Uh, we don't have, as of yet, on FanDuel, we don't have player props yet for the game, but whatever the Myers receiving yards prop is, I'm taking the over. I am absolutely, absolutely taking the over. That's not a part of my official FanDuel Sportsbook bet of the week for Pat's Raiders, but whatever it ends up being, I'm taking it. He's gone over his yardage prop every week this season. Josh knows how to use Jacoby Myers. He likes him. Mac loved him. Speaking of guys that Mac has loving relationships with, we spoke earlier on breaking Boston. I'll carry it right back over here as well. Mac, in, in addition to losing the starting quarterback job on the Patriots uh, and, and losing his dreams, as you pointed out, because everything is just crumbling around him, it seems like he's in danger of losing the trust, confidence, and faith of the guys that have been the biggest supporters and best buddies of his on the team. I'm sure Hunter Henry and David Andrews will still have a light beer or go see a Taylor Swift concert with him, but it doesn't sound like anyone around them around him rather, excuse me, has the same confidence level in him because I think everyone's living in fear of the next whoopsie or, you know, reverse scoring turnover. Yeah, I don't know how you could have confidence in Mac the way he's played. And then if you're in that locker room and you see these reports of, oh, he's surrounded by garbage and how could anybody make a good meal out of garbage? And as much as he can pretend he didn't say it or, you know, uh, he never authorized somebody, whatever, I'm sorry, like, in some sense, you control your world. I always said this about Tom Brady. If Tom Brady didn't want Tom Brady Sr. talking, Tom Brady would have put the clamps on Tom Brady Sr. Mm -hmm. When Tom Brady Sr. talked, you knew Tom was at least allowing it. It's kind of like the Robert Kraft thing. If you let Tom Brady go, uh, Bill Belichick let Tom Brady tell, well, Robert Kraft let him go. Like you're, So you're complicit in the act. Mm -hmm. And yes. Mac is complicit in the act of calling his teammates garbage. And in reality, he's played like garbage the last two weeks. If we're going to start throwing the trash term around, he's been trash as the quarterback of the New England Patriots bench twice. So, yeah, they're on they're on shaken ground. 
Like the, the ground beneath them is just falling apart. There's no stability. And we we've said it a million times, but they need like, they need to make good things happen. Like that's how you, the only way you fix this is mm -hmm. like feeling good on the field. And Max said that yesterday about we need to start having fun and just going out there and playing loose and okay, do it, but you can't be loose with the ball. Somehow you got to be loose offensively without taking chances, being loose with the ball. And then there's the harsh reality that you are who you are. Mac might not be wrong. He might be surrounded by trash on offense, by garbage. He might be part of the garbage heap. That is the Patriots offense. And you have Max Crosby who's what a top five game wrecker in the NFL top 10 game mm -hmm. wrecker in the NFL going against, I don't know, Riley reef, Badarian Lowe, uh, Mike on going against somebody that he's better than well, at least Riley reef played semi reasonable or like kind of professional last week when he stepped in, um, would like to also let you know. Um, so from Warren Sharp, who always posts a lot of some of the best new age stats to tell you where everybody is at in the game right now. Uh, as far as EPA goes, quarterback efficiency throwing between the numbers. Mac Jones right now is negative 0.11 EPA per attempt. Uh, only Jordan Love, Desmond Ritter, and Daniel Jones are behind him. Uh, so that's not getting it done. That's between the numbers. Now, here's the terrifying one. Quarterback efficiency throwing outside the numbers. Far and away the worst in the NFL right now. And listen. Like you said, everyone's complicit. There's blood on everyone's hands as far as this one goes. Mac Jones, 32nd out of 32 starters in the NFL, negative 0.16 EPA per attempt. Now, we don't really care about those numbers because we probably could have told you as well that when it comes to quarterback efficiency throwing outside the numbers, Mac Jones would be worse than the league. And it's a combination of stink, stank, and stunk, the, the offensive line, and Mac himself not having any confidence, not having the arm strength, not stepping into his throws. Everything's off of his back foot. So I sit here this on this fine Thursday morning, a few days before Patriots Raiders, just hoping that the offensive line gives him at least two seconds to throw passes and that they devise a game plan that revolves around your trusted stalwarts. I just want to see Ramondre, Hunter Henry, and Kendrick Bourne as your three pivot points. These are the... These are the points of emphasis on the offense. And that's what I, I don't get crazy. Just go to your guys that know how to get open, that can make plays, that have seen the end zone this season, or at least recently. Don't get crafty. Don't get crazy. Don't get silly. Just stick with the guys that done brung you here or have gotten it done before. And I think they can hang in this game. Agreed. You know, I'll go to the same game plan I said a week ago. You won't lose by punting. You can punt. It's fine. Punt. Get mm -hmm. Bryce Barringer out there. He might flip the field. Well, Joe Cardona's snaps have been a little questionable, but you probably won't I lose. Paid long snapper. Um, but you don't have to make a lot of plays, I don't think, to win this game. You can you can get by with a low scoring, few field goals, different whatever. Maybe you get the benefit of a, a defensive flip the field turnover, although that's hard to imagine. They have two, um, and one of them yeah. came from – Christian Gonzalez, who's, you know, not available for this game. So I'll tell you who you may not be getting a turnover from this weekend. Jalen Mills. Eee. Well, yeah, um, well, he doesn't play. Yeah, he's right. He quote tweeted in case anyone didn't see it. This is what's going on. Now you've got friends of the quarterback saying that the talent of the team is garbage. Now you've got players that are so dissatisfied with their snaps and their playing time that they're quote tweeting Patriots beat reporters saying, so Mike Reese always puts out how many snaps per player every week on social media, shares that information with the Pats populi. 
Jalen Mills quote tweeted it and said, 10 snaps. Damn. Yep. And he's right. I'm with Jalen Mills here. Now, I'm not sure you should be saying it, you know, just like stink, stank and stunk shouldn't be replying to Mike Giardi on Twitter. And, you know, they shouldn't have rabbit ears and all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. this is the reality of losing. This is the reality of a whole new locker room, most of which do not know the great days of the Patriot way and the fear of Bill Belichick and his greatness and the way he controlled everything. This is new age Patriots, and it's not a good thing, but he's not wrong. I don't really understand how Jalen Mills is not one of your top five defensive backs, isn't getting reps. We've talked about it. He can play safety. He can play corner. He can be a jack of all trades, whatever Mm -hmm. you need him to be. I just find it hard to believe Sean Wade's better. Miles Bryant is better. These guys that are getting regular reps are better. So I stand with the Green Goblin. There you go. Finally, Andy proving his true villainous roots. He stands with the Green Goblin. I always knew. Yep. I always I always had you figured for a Marvel baddie. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't get it either, honestly. And with a team that if they're functioning at their highest rate could stress your depth at second in the secondary and at cornerback Jonathan Jones still on a bum wheel JC Jackson has a bum knee and a bum wheel and all, the Chargers didn't even want him so badly they gave him they gifted him back to you as well and then they like thought he said, was just the, a bum the aforementioned Mr. Uh, Wade and Bryant like you know if Jimmy's got time he's going to pick these guys apart and there ain't nobody out there that can really cover Devontae Adams there's no Christian Gonzalez Marcus Jones did a decent job last year at the nightclub football stadium He's not coming back anytime soon. Uh, it's going to be a tight one, Andrew. It is going to be a tight one indeed. And there's a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of familiarity with the Raiders. And there's a lot of Patriots, scouts, coaches, former players on the Raiders that know the Patriots as well. Another cruel mirror Spider-Man meme of a game. How's it going to go down? And where do we think you should put your money? That's why now it is time once again for the FanDuel Sportsbook Bet of the Week here on Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. FanDuel.com slash Six Rings for some tremendous promotions on same-game parlays, no-sweat first bets, bonus bets, and more. Sign up today and join the Patriots Pigskin Pick Party. That was alliteratively impressive. Thank you. It was. You didn't All right, really Andy. pop it and you didn't stumble. Thank Good you. job. Which way are you going? Uh, so I need to bounce back. I had my first loss in my pick of Patriots yeah. games this year. Last week, I put too tough much week for everyone. In. Last week, tough, honestly, no, look, look, Mulligan. I'm gonna give Mulligan. you a breakfast ball on that one. All right. Okay. So I'm due to bounce back with a win. Um, I may regret this, but I just too. Everyone always wants to hear when you're giving gambling advice. The person offering. The well, I mean, well, I may regret this, and it's in Vegas. And everything you do in Vegas starts with, I may regret this. I may regret oh. this decision. Oh, um, no, like this, the, the stench of, you know, perfume, buffet, and regret, it lingers yeah. in the air from the moment Vegas, you touch baby. down at McCarran. Yeah, baby. So I'm going to go with the Patriots. These are, these are two mediocre at best football teams with very similar numbers. We talked about it. More talent probably on the Raiders side of the ball. That doesn't necessarily mean they're the better team right now. Um, and I just think I, I guaranteed it on the six rings podcast earlier in the week. Things can't stay this bad for very long in new England. That's how bad you are. Like it's just anywhere. You can't play this bad week after week in the national football league. You do have professionals. I think they have some pride in that locker room. So I'm going to say Patriots get a break at somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fumble this, that Jimmy, whatever. And I think it'll be ugly, but I'll take those three points. Like, I think this is probably going to be relatively low scoring. I think it'll be relatively ugly. 
Uh, I think teams will be looking to punt, not turn it over, to to not lose the game, as I said. So give me the Patriots with the three points. I think something like 17 to 13, something Just in like that the Monday range. night score, the Packers-Raiders score? Yeah, yeah, because I don't think the Packers are a great team. And then you turn the ball over, you lose the game kind of thing. I think Jimmy will turn the ball over. And I think the Patriots really need to win this game and desperation is on their side. It's not a terrible spot uh, going to Vegas. I, like So there's enough factors they're due. I'll use the Christian Fourier. The Patriots are due oh. to not suck. Just suck a little, as Lou Merloni would say. All of those factors. I'm not saying it's going to be may great. regret this. They're due. Yes. Inspiring tons of wagering confidence, Andy. Well, I, I wouldn't feel any better picking the Raiders because I don't trust them. I don't trust Josh. I, I mean, their owner sat in the box and called somebody an a-hole from his owner's box last week, and they won the game. He was calling yeah. people an a-hole in a winning effort. And so, then he went to an airport. Then he went to an airport slot machine. Yes. I mean, he's, yes, so, he's a, they're a piece of work. They really are. If you want to feel good about this game, don't bet on it and don't watch it. I was going to say, don't. <laughs> All right, very good. I'm going to go with the Patriots as well. I will take the three points. I'm almost confident enough to take them on the money line, but I'll take the three just, just because until they win a game, I'll take whatever points you give me. And it's three, so that basically is Vegas telling you these teams are pretty much equal because you usually get three when you host a game. Uh, so I'll take the Patriots getting three, and then I'm going to – this is my – I promise this is my last bit – of Homer, Honk, Patriots, Blind, Foxborough, Faith, Pick. I will take the Patriots. I believe it's minus 116. Give me the Patriots over 19 and a half points. I just see, I see, multi, I see touchdowns and a couple field goals. I do. I think the Pats can win this game 23-17. So that's why I'm not necessarily taking the over because it's 41 and a half. But I could see the Pats scoring that many points. And if they don't, heads are going to roll. And if the Raiders and if the Raiders just trounce the Patriots, then I wouldn't I wouldn't be happy unless the sphere outside in Vegas has like a, a crying laughing emoji as the Patriots plane takes off and flies back to Foxborough. And Lord only knows what's going to get said on that flight back home if the Pats get rolled. So once again, Andy's going to go with Patriots getting three and he's going to go also uh, as his propositional bet with. Uh, a fun one. I'm swinging for the fences here because you go to Vegas, right? You swing for the fences. You let it ride, baby. This is my chance to win big, change my mm -hmm. life. So I'm swinging for a plus 500 bet here where I am going to take the Patriots or the Raiders first drive of the game to end in something other than a punt, a field goal or a touchdown. So it can be I don't know, a turnover, which Jimmy mm -hmm. can do and Mac can do and the Patriots and Raiders can do. It could be a turnover on downs where both these teams are maybe pressing and they're like, you know what? We're at the 47. We're going for this. And yeah, we didn't go for it last week on fourth and three and everyone yep. mocked Belichick for it. So I think there's enough desperation in these teams where you could have something kind of quirky on the first drive of the game. So I am going first drive of the game at plus 500 to not be a punt, a field goal or a touchdown. I actually kind of like that one as well. I might put, put, as a uh, put a little, as Shine would say, a little sprinkle on that go as big. well. Go there big. you go. Go big or go home. I'm going to stay home actually. No, I'll see you Sunday at Gillette Stadium. I'm going to be hosting the watch party, and then of course back to studio with you to do the six what rings. If no one shows things. up. No, they're going. They're expecting the crowd. It's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah, no more because a like people's ears hurt and B it's going to get into a rights and clearances issue with us. And I, I, I personally don't feel like paying for this podcast as nope. well. Nope. 
All right, so I'll see you at the stadium on Sunday. We will come back tomorrow as well with our Behind Enemy Lines Six Rings podcast, speaking again with Scott Culbertson, the one of the hosts of the Silver and Black Today, our Odyssey sister Raiders podcast as well, telling us what they're saying about the Patriots out there and what kind of confidence they have in Jimmy G, Josh, and Jacoby heading into this pivotal Week six matchup. And now we close out our preview edition of Six Rings and Football Things brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook with Andy's chat with old pal Paul Perillo from Patriots.com oh, oh, and Patriots. Oh, on... cheap no, shot. No, I didn't. I didn't say his Let's pal who is too. old. No, I didn't. That's you. These are your words and they're hurtful. And I'm going to let Paul know, Paul, I love you. These are Andy's words and shame on the Marvel bad love guy. Paul. He's the Andy Hart and Paul Perillo talking about the state of a beleaguered Patriots nation. It's a great chat. If you like people that know their Patriots, thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow. Good day. God bless. Go Pats. And now Andy and Perillo. Hey, it's Fitzy from Six Rings and Football Things. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of the day. Your weekly source for all things New England Patriots. Right on time. Your time. In the car, navigate the streets of the NFL offseason with wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Six Rings and Football Things in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Back at Gillette Stadium for another one of our weekly beat writer chats. This time, old friend Paul Perillo joining Six Rings and Football Things. I figured with a need to get back to some of the glory days, we'd put the A-team back together as we used to call ourselves on Patriots.com and Patriots Football Weekly. So, Paul Perillo, we're jumping right into it. I'm not going to give you any like, oh, how are you? How you been? Uh, the sky is falling. <laughs> sky is falling in Patriot Nation. Okay, so very simple question, open-ended. What the hell's the problem? Rank the problems on this football team right now for Bill Belichick. And maybe maybe include Bill Belichick. Yeah, I, I would start with offense, obviously, and it starts up front, but uh, they're widespread. And that's the biggest problem to me is that you can get dramatic improvement in an area or two, and I don't think it's going to fix it all. Um, but I do think it starts up front. The offensive line hasn't been effective uh, in run or pass blocking, and I think that's where it starts. I think they want to be a team that relies on Ramondre Stevenson, and they haven't been able to. He hasn't been able to get going at all. So improve the, the running game, and at least maybe you can start to sort of put things back together. But then Mac Jones's decision-making has been really, really uh, problematic for them. And I, you, you were joking around about Bill. Um, he's on the list too. You know, I, I think when, when you talk about Belichick and you talk about his greatness – you're talking about the ability to prepare and game plan and, and get the team in the right situation. When was the last time you felt at the start of a game, particularly against a quality opponent, that the Patriots had the, the other team on its heels? Even the defense, which has been much better than the offense, tends to give up long drives to start every game. So they're not coming into the game with a great game plan on a consistent basis. They're not executing uh, what they, they want to do on a consistent basis, and they're falling way behind. So I, I think the, the problems are widespread. I agree with you. Uh, as they say in the uh, douchey corporate culture, we'll put a pin in Mac and we'll we'll circle back around on that. Uh, I wanted to so talk about something that was said on our airwaves on WEEI, Greg Hill's show. Um, there's a guy that I am surprised at how open and honest he's been in his first month plus in the media. His name is Devin McCourty. Um, very critical on television that it's not going to get any better for this football team. And then just today he was asked about comments David Andrews made that um, he feels like they're practicing well, but it's not 
transitioning to the game field. Why is that? And Devin laughed out loud and said, I know we always used to say that practice reality is game, whatever the hell it is. Practice execution is game. He goes, I never bought into that. When you're on the practice field, you're playing the scout team. You're playing guys that aren't that good. When you get on the game field, you're playing real football players. Guy might be an all pro. I think his example was, uh, you might be able to block the D end in practice. And then Cam Jordan is on the field and you're like, Hey, that, that guy's better than the guy in practice. This team has a talent problem, and I think people whistled past the graveyard all offseason. I, I saw all these reports of how, you know, Mike Gasicki's a unicorn, and he's going to change the offense. And I may or may not have made a bet with a certain media member that he, he was not going to have 12 touchdown passes. Feeling really good about that bet, I think. Um, but I guess it's more of a, this is a long-term question of, yeah, Bill, the GM and the talent. Like, how did the talent get this so low where, I mean, I think Florio did it for clicks. You're the 32nd ranked team in the National Football League in power rankings. How do we get here? Yeah, I, I do think that the talent is an issue that was somewhat overlooked, and I think it's really telling that Devin McCourty took a step back, and he understood it. He was in the locker room just last year. So, um, you know, did he have another year or two left? Probably, but he, he probably also understood what what the reality was going on. and and knew it wasn't going to work, knew there wasn't enough there. Um, so this is where the whole build a GM thing and build a coach thing, I think, are, are always related and you can't separate them. I don't think Can I interrupt real quick? Sorry. Yeah. Is Bill still the GM? Is there still full control of Bill Belichick? Because I always hear these whispers. So we have, you know, dating back to Mac. Did Robert make that pick? Did, Robert, did he pull a David Tepper and did he step in and make the quarterback pick? And then over the last couple of years, this collaborative Matt Groh thing, where even Matt Groh, you were there, out on the practice field in, in the summer, says, I've only been spending the money for a couple years. Like, does Matt Groh deserve more blame than he's getting? Does Bill still sign off on every? Like, where is the decision-making process that led us to this talent? Yeah, I know that there is a widespread belief that Matt Groh has way more power than, you know, maybe Nick Casario had or someone before had. Uh, I don't necessarily buy it. I do think that there's been some picks that, don't necessarily scream Bill Belichick. I would say Tyquan Thornton is one, you know, a smaller, fast receiver. I'm not necessarily sure that that's one that Bill Belichick loved um, coming out, but I still think he is the bottom line guy. And here's the thing, you know, the point I'm trying to make of, of marrying the two is I really think that Bill Belichick believes in the old school way of trying to win football games. You know, you run the ball, you stop the run, and you play good special teams. Matthew Slater said this on your airwaves, um, you know, and, and I think during the training camp, we want to be a tough team, and Coach says tough teams do those things. I think that's great, okay? I just don't think you can win big in the NFL. I think you can win games 13-10. to 10. I think you, you can do that occasionally. And it, it doesn't hurt to have the ability to do that, say, in the playoffs when maybe the weather is bad or something like that. But I don't think you can win big doing it that way anymore and I think Bill still strongly believes that that's how you win games so you can separate the GM from the coach but if he's still going to coach that way what's really the difference like if they had Caleb Williams right now and he's still trying to run the ball and play good defense and be tough on both sides of the line I'm not sure how much that makes you better so I agree with you and I don't know why people get so kind of squirrely or defensive if you say Maybe the game's passed him by. It happened to all of them, correct? Except John Madden. Sorry, because John Madden said, I'm getting the hell out of here while I'm on top. But for the most part, whether your name is Landry or Noel or Shula or w whatever all-time great you want to tell me, 
the game kind of passed him by. And people get uncomfortable, and you know this. I've done this for years. Like, he's old. He's 71 years old. That's old. That's old on Route 1 in Foxborough. That's old inside Gillette Stadium. That's old on the sideline. You know, I know Pete Carroll's older, but um, he's one of the oldest coaches. That's There's no shame. And it's also following the same timeline those others did. Your Hall of Fame quarterback goes away. You don't look quite as good. You get old. Now you're probably not at your best, so you can't recover. Like, isn't this kind of just the course of natural events in any part of the world, but certainly in football? Haven't we seen this many times before? Yeah, I would say more often than not, that's the way it ends. You know, the Landry's, the Knowles, the, you know, those those guys. You know, Bill Walsh was pretty good till the end, but he also still had, you know, Montana and then, you know, the you know, young for for a short time. So yeah, I do think part of it is is that, and I and I do see that people get very defensive about it. I don't think whatever's happening now, I don't think takes away from what what he did for twenty plus years. And 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 I think I can step back and understand that. I you know, and I know I work here, and I've been sort of you know at a front row seat for it all. But I, I, at the same time, I don't think they just would have won magically as much as they did with just any old coach. I think he was a big part of what they did with Tom Brady and helping develop Tom Brady and then putting those teams together in a way that they could sustain that success. Well, it's not it's not happening anymore because I don't think you can just line up Corey Dillon like it's 2004 and, and play really good defense with a bunch of, you know, potential um, Hall of Fame players on defense and win that way. And I think that's the part that I can't get past. But – his, I mean, his legacy, his his impact on the game is is going to remain at a very high level. So, last Belichick question, and then we'll circle back around to that Mac Jones whole topic. Um, I think I texted this to you the other night uh, after the loss to the Saints, which was really ugly, really ugly, two weeks in a row. I could almost accept the Cowboys won on the road against a team bouncing back, but the Saints are you. They're mediocre. They're meh. Um, so. I wonder, I, I don't think Bill will get fired, although Jeff Howe wrote a piece this week. He thinks that Robert Kraft would fire Bill. Um, I don't see that happening in season. I just that, That's hard for me to really grasp. But I brought up the idea to you, is there any chance Bill would ever resign, would ever say, he realized what we just talked about. This has kind of passed me by. I'm not leading the way I once led. I'm not deciding things the, one, the way I once did. Ever a chance he uses his phrase, I always do what's in the best interest of the football team, and right now that's me stepping away and letting Gerard take over. Any, And I'm talking about this old-school PFW in progress. Is there a 1% chance that Bill would step away in season? Yeah, I, I mean, my guess is no, but I, I will give you a couple of scenarios. And, and you know, that we'll, we'll start with the obvious ones and sort of gloss over them. If they just have a mess on their hands and the players are o- openly, like, having a mutiny, they're going up the back steps, you know, like the old – Bobby Greer days, and they're going to Robert Kraft and they're saying, "Listen, this just isn't working. We got to get the, we got to move on." Um, okay, so I'm going to put that off to the side because that would ha- that would do in any coach. I don't care how successful you are. And wouldn't it have to be certain players? Yeah. Like I don't feel like Trent Brown can go up the stairs and say, "Robert, this isn't working." But if Slater or David Andrews or Jawan Bentley or some of your captains, yours. Okay, go ahead. So that that would be a scenario. But the other one too, and we were talking about this a little bit in the office this week. Um, you know, the the trade deadline's coming up. You know, it's going to be the end of the month. I don't think the Patriots are in a position to acquire really anything of any substance that would necessarily hurt you for the future. I've heard people, as an example, bring up Kirk Cousins. And I first of all, I wonder why the one in four Vikings need to sell and the one in four Patriots need to buy. But that's that's an argument for a different uh, tw- Twitter crowd, I guess. It's a 
be fair, maybe the one in four Vikings are like, that Caleb Williams, Williams looks pretty good. Kevin O'Connell said, I'd take him. Right. So if Bill goes to Robert and says, you know, we have a chance to get X player, and Robert says, does that really make sense? We're going to take on salary. We want to make sure we keep the salary clean. We want to get these guys, find these younger players. In other words, they have a, a conflict of the direction that they should be going. But Bill being whatever 19 games 18 games away from the all-time wins record looks at it differently so now they have a, a philosophical difference and they're clashing maybe your thing would 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 come forward and, and bill says well the writing's on the wall i'm going to be gone at the end of the season anyway i'm just going to go now i don't see that scenario but that would be one semi-plausible one that i could see you know robert Kraft saying we have to we have to step aside and go in different directions okay so we're talking about this after the two worst losses we can all remember. Certainly the two worst back-to-back losses we can all remember. Bill's worst loss in Dallas, all-time shutout loss for the Patriots at home. That whole It's going to get better. They can't possibly... I actually thought they were a little snake-bitten against the Saints. I thought Mac was a little unlucky, like certainly on the Ty Montgomery one, where he hits a guy in the hands, the guy bobbles it, doesn't even possess it long enough to turn it into a fumble, bobbles it so it's an interception on Mac. Like, I, I thought there was just some wow... When it goes bad, it goes bad kind of nature. It's going to be better than that. But Vegas has adjusted it. I saw an email this morning. I think BetMGM has lowered it to 5.5, the win total. Do you go over under 5.5? They're only going to get four more wins the rest of the year. Okay, so that's where people are looking. So I don't think the wheels are going to fall off more than they already have. I think the wheels are already off, and now you'll probably straighten it out and kind of go up, down, whatever. But Mac Jones was supposed to be the franchise quarterback of this team. Mac Jones looked like he shouldn't play in the National Football League the last couple weeks. And I don't care how much you hate Mac Jones, he didn't play as poorly previously as he did the last two weeks. In Dallas in particular, he melted down. He did, And then, I'm sorry, but our guy, I'm going to say our guy, Billy O, draws up a nice play on a fake tush-push. We're going to pitch it. We And they were raving about it on the broadcast. Oh, this is going to be a huge... High school quarterbacks make that play. Like, you can't – Paul Perillo wasn't even a – he was a backup quarterback. He makes that pitch. What the hell is going on with Mac? Yeah, I would say that absolutely the Dallas game. And I've been somewhat critical of Mac, um, you know, throughout his time here. But never did I ever say that he was the kind of quarterback that played against the Cowboys. I've never indicated I, – I always say that he's, he's just sort of average. He's there, you know. Right, there's a difference between not good enough and horrifically bad. And, and he was a, a detriment to the team that day, I thought – from a mental standpoint, as much as anything, I didn't like what I saw. And I, that's why I wondered if, if Bill Belichick would make the move. Um, you know, and obviously on Wednesday he said he, he wasn't planning on doing that. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens in Vegas. But the, the, the mental mistakes more than anything else. And I agree with you that, like, the, the Ty Montgomery one, that was one of his better throws right. of the last couple of weeks. But there's enough to me where – the the rush is the problem and it's not that he's under so much pressure because who isn't in that league it's I think he's one of those guys now Andy who's watching the rush and not watching anything that's going on downfield he's leaving the pocket earlier than he needs to um, and he's been affected by the rush so those are hard things to to break once you start getting hit and you're sick of getting hit that's a hard cycle to get out of this won't be easy for him mentally and I think that's where some people have started to make comparison to your guy Drew or even David Carr and they're not talking about skills or arm or anything they're talking about (laughs) um, but just like the broken man and we've seen quarterbacks get broken because you know we're all human beings and we don't want to keep getting hit and and it takes a guy in a different direction Um, 
I want to circle back, though, to I bring up Billy O'Brien because he's started to come under fire because he was painted as the savior this offseason, right? Like, they didn't do a lot talent-wise. I know we can talk about Juju, Jacoby Myers, swap, whatever. It was kind of painted as Bill O'Brien. The owner wants Bill O'Brien. The fans want Bill O'Brien. We should have had him a year earlier. He'll fix everything. I kept using the word competency. Adrian Clem, well, we'll have a real O-line coach. They'll be better. Uh, Where do you fall on those guys, certainly not being saviors, but uh, do they share some of the blame in this? Have they not done their jobs? Yeah, I don't know enough about offensive line play. I leave that to the experts. Who are the experts? I'll, I'll let I'll let you fill in the blame. Gresh, can you call into the podcast next week? <laughs> um, but I, I would certainly sit there and say from from afar. I mean, this is not exactly the guys that he thought he was going to have, at least not at one hundred percent. So that part I'm going to leave to to guys that know more about that than me. But Billy O who you know that you and I both feel very strongly about as a good, solid play caller in this league who's had a lot of success. I, I do think that part of this has fallen on him. And I look at even small little things like you come out against the Saints the other day, first play, Ramondre Stevenson goes eight yards. And I know everybody's talked about this all week. I love the second and two call. Because you know what second and two was like in the first couple of games? Quarterback sneak, we're going to get the first down. And I was like, no, take a shot. You might be there. So he takes a shot. I love that call. It doesn't work because Mac's a little bit off. He was off on that throw, and then you just dial up another one. Right. You know, like run the ball on third down. Evidently the Saints are among the worst teams in football in run defense and short yardage situation. Just running and get a first down. And now see if you can get Mac a little bit more comfortable. So I don't think it's just been um, all Mac Jones and all a lack of weapons. I think Billy O, when you saw some of that frustration on the sideline in that New Orleans game too, just like I think he's at a loss as to where to turn, and um, and, and it hasn't it hasn't been fixed. Your your uh, little fake tush push, yeah, it, I think it was going to get the first down, but I didn't like that call. I mean, what like to me it reeked of the old days when we used to make fun of Josh and. You know, we got a play down inside the one-yard line. We're just going to run up, and we have all our passing personnel. We're going to try to run it quick, and all of a sudden we go first and goal from the one to second and goal from the three because we tried to trick them. You know, everything you're doing is working. Just, you know, just get the first down. But I do understand that the weapons aren't there. They're not a lot of man-to-man beaters. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens against the Raiders because the Raiders can't cover man-to-man, so something's got to give. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I have still defended Billy O. Uh, is he part of the problem or is he not part of the solution? I guess I would word it. Yeah, that's fair. But I think when you have a bad O-line, bad weapons, and a quarterback who is horrific right now, the way he's playing, and your best player is averaging 2.7 yards per carry, like, you flip that play sheet over, you turn it up. There's not a lot of calls for those situations. And I think it's a bigger trust issue. Like, you talked about Mac, that he's been broken by the pressure. I don't think Ramondre Stevenson trusts the holes and the landmarks. I don't think Billy O trusts any of the play calls i don't think mac trusts receivers to get open i thought last week he was aiming the ball like a freaking high school quarterback at times like afraid to just you know plant throw i know where the guy's going to be and we'll do this so i think there are spider-man meme trust issues throughout this offense in kind of all directions so i guess that leads to the big picture and i joke to you i know you're not comfortable aligning yourself with this new slogan that fitzy and i have come up with here on the six rings podcast of we're not tanking we just suck um where's this season going like what what is i mean we talked about bill and that's i'm just talking about are they legitimately going to be one of the five worst teams in football are they legitimately going to be in line for the highest pick they've ever had 
since Drew, basically. Seymour was six. Right now, they're five. They're ahead of the Seymour pace. They got a Hall of Famer last time they did that. That's great. Are they in line for a quarterback? Like, it feels too early in the year to be having this discussion, but we're having this discussion. Yeah, I'm definitely not aligning myself with your slogan there. So let me. It's better than judges. Let me, let me state that in fact. Is it better than judges? Well, they're all better than judges. I'm not aligning myself with with judges uh, any mentality. Okay. Uh, but part of this, to me, like the whole bigger picture, is is with the expectations. And you said like you thought there was whistling past the graveyard in terms of the roster. Well, people were telling you that. Bill O'Brien was going to be worth two, two at least two wins. I think Tom Curran was selling twelve wins during so the the I, summer. I don't, I don't know how you can just say an offensive coordinator is going to be worth that many wins. Um, so, like, yeah, we're down on Bill O'Brien right now. But maybe if you didn't think that just his mere presence was going to result in actual wins, maybe you wouldn't be as down on him. Now, no one envisioned this. I did. I, I thought the offense would get better, especially from where it started from. Against Philadelphia in the in the second quarter, after a really bad start, the second quarter they looked really competent on offense. Those back to back touchdowns, we haven't seen it since. Yeah, there was a month apart between what I thought was the best Mac has ever played in a Patriots uniform. The second quarter against the Eagles, I believe it was eleven for eleven, two touchdown drives against big boy defense, big boy defensive front. Like yep. that's a real team. And then you fast forward a month later, and in Dallas he looks like a freshman quarterback who shouldn't be playing, but the three guys ahead of him got hurt. Like. How do we get there? Yeah, so to answer your question, like, wh- what are they? I mean, I, I, I still hesitate to say, you know, the last 12 games, are gonna, this is going to be a, a bottom five team. Are you taking the over or the under on the newly set 5.5? I would take the over. By a hair? Yeah, I think, I think six. I mean, I, I kind of, like, I was asked on a different show. Um, what I thought How many was, shows are you doing? Why don't you stick loyal to the six rings? Uh, how much? Uh, anyway. Okay, um, have fun. The, the, the. I was asked the high end if things go well, and my answer was seven or eight wins, and I got laughed at. And the the reason why is I felt like the schedule was really tough. So that to me is the difference between this year and last year. And one of the you know one of the best thing scenarios happened. Aaron Rodgers didn't work out. Now it was injury, but that was like well maybe you can steal a couple wins over the Jets because. It doesn't work, and that was kind of what I was thinking. So I think five or six wins sounded kind of about right. I think I might have said seven out of just respect for the program, in all seriousness. Like I I just, you know, I find it hard to believe that going into a season, (laughs) they're going to go four and thirteen or five and twelve. But I think that's kind of where you are now. Maybe somewhere between five and ten that draft pick, which isn't bad because that gets you an opportunity if you want. You have you have some resources to move up and get a get a quarterback because not all of those top five teams will be looking to, to take a quarterback. And somebody will be taking, I assume, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be a wide receiver somewhere in there. There's a tackle. Like there's always going to be that mix of a few guys that gotta go up there. Um, so that's interesting. Now, to be fair, with respect to the program, I never thought I'd see seventy-two to three over consecutive weeks, one at home, one on the road. Pretty sure Robert Kraft never planned to sit in Jerry Jones Stadium, watch his team get its ass whooped, and then go back to his own stadium. Watch his team get its ass whooped and fans leave early. So the paper bags of the Paul Perillo early 90s, late 80s could be coming to Gillette. Before we wrap this up and let you go, Paul, I just we should touch on Josh McDaniels, Jacoby Myers, the Raiders, a mediocre football team at best, Patriots heading there, familiarity, the ex-coaches beat Bill, Bill needs a win, Max playing, I think. Like, 
where's this game go other than just an ugly football game that I say, why does CBS send their best broadcast crew to this game? Yeah, I heard a theory on that that we don't need to get into. But uh, no, just that that's where the Super Bowl is, and they like to get the crew at least one game in that Super Bowl site is kind of like a a dry run, not anything. Plus, I'd like to see, if I were them, I'd like to see that, that, that eyeball sphere thing. That's one of the coolest things in the world. Really I really is. need to see that. It really is. Um, I, I think it's similar to last week in that both teams are struggling offensively, but I look at the other team's personnel offensively, and I see potential. And I watched the game Monday night, and I thought they were really close to, I mean, obviously, Carlson's an excellent kicker. He ends up missing two field goals. So, I mean, 23 is a big difference from 23 and 17, especially playing against the Patriots. But I did think that there were some drives that they had that they kind of shot themselves in the foot and ended up with no points. So I think there's a chance that the Raiders look better offensively, but the difference between the Saints and the Raiders, the Raiders do not have the kind of defense that New Orleans does. So this should be a game that both teams are able to score a little bit more uh, than they have uh, tradition for the Patriots. I mean, there's no way to go but up. You're down to zero now. You're going in the wrong direction. So I, I think it's an interesting game. I think there's a lot of question with the coach for both teams. Which team wants to play harder for their coach right now? Because I think that's really in question. So the Patriot way is failing on both coasts, basically, right now. Uh, do I over? I'll ask you for a score in one second, but do I oversimplify this? Because I agree with you, the defense, the Raiders, not that good. Although, I'm not sure what the Patriots' defense is post-Gonzalez and post-Judon, too. But this feels like one where if I'm Adrian Clem, I'm just coming up with ways to get two or three bodies on Max Crosby and the rest, Mac, if we leave one guy, leave that guy unblocked, whatever, we can't let Max Crosby ruin this game because he, he's a game wrecker. He really is. But uh, So give me a score. I like a lot of field goals in this game because of the offenses. So I, I think uh, Daniel Carlson bounces back. I say 19-13 Raiders. So that means Ryland might have missed a couple. Cardona might have had a couple bad snaps. I don't know. You said lots of field goals, and they got more of them, so we just didn't attempt. I don't know. Uh, he's Paul Perillo. He is from Patriots Unfiltered, All Access. I won't say it the way I usually do. Um, he does other shows. Ooh, they pay him. Ooh, I'm Paul Perillo. I'm important. This has been Six Rings and Football Things, our weekly beat writer chat at Gillette Stadium. Patriots Raiders on Sunday, and Paul Perillo is predicting field goals in one of the most entertaining places on the planet. So we got that going for us, which is nice. See you.